What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the From Downtown Podcast. This episode is the second of two parts. If you missed the first one, go back, take a listen. I talked about Donovan Mitchell's trade value in the league, as well as some trade scenarios that thought would be realistic, and one or two fun ones as well. Today, we'll be talking about Damian Lillard and Bradley Beal's contract extensions, as well as the history of guards in their 30s getting that last big extension, and how it usually never works out for the team involved. You do not want to miss it, so stay tuned. contract extensions, mainly Damian Lillard and Bradley Beal, two of the premier guards in the NBA, all-star appearances, playoff success, to an extent. We've seen it with these guys, guys, players like these guys, rather, doing it in the clutch, especially with Damian Lillard. These are the two guys I want on my team, but for what cost? Let's start with Damian Lillard. Damon Lillard, in his career, I'm going to read off the list. He's a six-time All-Star, first-team All-NBA once, second-team four times, third-team once. Career averages of 25 points, six assists, four rebounds. One Conference Finals appearance, zero NBA Finals appearances, but we all know that's more of a team issue than anything else. Well-respected around the league by players and coaches alike, the fans love him probably one of the most likable guys in the league when you think about it look at his contract three years almost 140 million mind you he's 32 years old coming off that hip injury that sidelined him for the majority of the 2021 2022 season that's a lot of money and then the guys up in portland they gave him the super max extension which kicks in at age 35 that's an additional two years, $122 million, totaling at around $260 million for the next five years. So by the time he is 37 years of age, Damian Lillard will have finished his final contract and in all likelihood will not be performing at an all-star All-NBA level at age 37. Now, the hip injury, that's been a lingering thing for a few seasons now. He's been dealing with it. We understand, we understand that. But the history of the league, which we'll get into later, shows that when guys are miniature in size, aims what, 6'1", 6'2", in basketball shoes? 6'1", 6'2", as they get older in age, their play starts to diminish. There's no doubt about that. And once these contract figures get bigger and bigger, let me just pull this up real quick. How much Dame's going to be making in that extension? So, the year 2025-2026, age 35, Dane, this is roughly about $58 million. I'll repeat that. $58 million for a 35-year-old 6'2 point guard. Now, I get it. Salary cap's going up. Money's flowing. NBA's doing great worldwide. I understand it. But $58 million for a 35-year-old point guard with injury issues? I'm sorry. I, I can't do it. I understand why I did it. Damon Lillard has been one of the most loyal players in the NBA to a fault. 
He has refused to get traded for agency. He's never had to. There's never been speculations like all these other stars like Kevin Durant, LeBron James, etc., etc. Portland knew at the end of the day they would have Damon Lillard to build around. And that's something that the front offices has to reward him for. But $58 million, you're putting an extreme handicap on your team's future flexibility, especially once he gets to these late ages where he might not be able to produce um, like a decent starter level. Because once these injuries hit, man, and we'll get into it later on in the podcast, you, you really can't do much. And you're just stuck. And we've seen it. The, the Russell Westbrook contract and John Wall contracts. Those were hard to get rid of. And those were, what, $40 million? Who will be making $60 million in 2025, 2026? Only a handful. A select handful. Those are people. Let's see. Top of my head. Giannis. Giannis, if he has. Con- I'm, I'm not sure when his contract runs out. But Giannis will be in the discussion for a 60 million player. Luka Doncic will be in that conversation for being a $60 million player. John Morant, all, all the young superstars up and coming. Jason Tatum. These guys are going to be $60 million players, which sounds ridiculous. Talk about the noise in the background. We're in New York City, baby, but <laughs> got to think about it. So many people want this money. Of the expectations that come with it, especially now getting to 60 million, that's ridiculous. I'm sorry, 60 million dollars, especially like if you're a young guy, fine, but for a guy like Damon Lillard to be making 60 million dollars, it would be okay if this was like 2016, 2017, 2018. Damon Lillard, when he was averaging 26, I think one of these years, I think the 2018 season when he was all NBA first team. Let me pull that up real quick. I believe that's the season when he averaged 30 points per game. That was 2019-2020 season when he averaged 30 points per game. That's probably the only time where I can say he was worth it. But especially now with the injury history, man, it is hard for me. And, of course, I want everybody to get their money. Play well, get your money. But $60 million at that age, that's tough. That is really, really tough. Let's get into Bradley Beal now. 29 years old, three All-Star appearances, one All-NBA appearance in 2021, that was 13, averaged over 30 points per game in the 2020-2021 season. Beal's one of those guys that would be a great number two on any title team. Think of the number twos, a guy like Klay Thompson, not the two-way capability, but the ability to score in bunches, right? Chris Middleton, a guy that can score in bunches. Guys like that are needed on a championship team. That all-star caliber guy who might not be the number one. Typically now, number ones, what you see are the 6'7", 6'8", versatile, do-it-all wings. Think of LeBron, think of Giannis, although he's a little taller. Kevin Durant, Kawhi Leonard, the list goes on. Bradley Beal, 6'3", 6'4", shooting guard. A little slider in frame, but he could score. He could put the ball in the basket. He's a shooter. That's one of his best skills, his ability to put the ball on the floor, create off the bounce. Playmaking is underrated. He is 
probably top 20, 25 guy in the NBA. Granted, he sat out a lot due to his injury. But this contract, man, let's get into it. Five years, $251 million going into his age 34 season. So just for context, this coming season, making $43 million. That's not too bad. To be fair, he's on Washington. He's their best player by far. They got to give the money to somebody, so I understand. Next year, $46 million. The year after that, $50 million. The year after that, $53 million. Now, this is when the contract starts to get scary. Finally, you have the contract. $57 million. Hey, 34. Like I mentioned, 2020-2021 season, he averaged 30. This past season, averaged 23. Now, he's still relatively young. He's in his prime. Let's be honest, but... And 23 points per game, you hope that the 30 points, that wasn't a fluke, especially for this contract. If he's averaging 30, give him the money. Give him the money. He's taking all these shots. It's his team. He deserves it. If he's averaging 22, 23 points per game, as if he was second fiddle behind somebody else, and he's making $50 million, that's an issue. That's the thing about these contracts, man. Once they start getting up in age, things start getting really scary. And, of course, only time will tell. But things like this happen more often than you think. Health thing is big for Bradley Beal, too. Over the last three seasons, he's played about 65% of all eligible games that he could have played in. Granted, he wasn't really in the postseason during this time. But still, man, it's like, dang. If you're making $250 million over the next five years, and you're telling me you might make a little over half our games, that's not something I want from our from our franchise guy that I'm paying $250 million to. That's going to tie up our cap space. Like, these are things that franchises need to take into consideration. And I understand they don't really have too many options. Like, sure, you can trade the guy, but usually in the NBA... Like we mentioned last time with the Rudy Gobert trade, even though he's not as the same cal, eh, that's a debate for another day. But when when you're training star guys, you're usually not going to get equal compensation. You'll probably get lesser players and draft picks. That's usually how it works in the NBA. But most times, man, a free agency comes around and you have a star player, you have to pay them, or else you're going to walk away with nothing. Especially in this age of player empowerment. There's really no way that you're going to end up with nothing. Or at least you shouldn't end up with nothing. Because the player will make it blatantly clear whether they want to stay or not. And they will give you the option to trade them, get equal compensation, so they can go where they want before free agency starts, where you can just lose them for nothing. One of the better things about the player empowerment movement. But at the end of the day, man, some of these teams need to be really conscious with the the contracts that they're giving out. But then again, sometimes it's not even the team's fault for attending their best players and things go wrong. Injuries happen. For example, let's look at John Wall. John Wall, in age 29 season, he underwent surgery for a torn Achilles. Next season, he was out. Entire season. 
but he was making $38 million that season. Following season, he was making $39 million. One after that, 21, 20, 22, he was making $44 million. Obviously, that season just passed. He was on Houston, was not playing. For the tanking, he was in Rockets, who ended up with the number three pick, Jabari Smith Jr., which so far, I think that was the right move, honestly. And John Wall, he played 72 games. Not not last year, not the year before. In the last four seasons combined, yet yeah, he was making all that money. That's $140 million for 72 games. John Wall is one of the best con artists in the NBA, if I've ever seen one. Damn. But eventually, he, he was bought out. So, I guess more of the story is you'll, you'll, you will get your money in the NBA. There's no doubt about that. You will certainly get your money if you get that contract. No matter what happens, the player is good. The player is always secure. That's the one thing. Contracts are guaranteed, unlike in other sports. But for the teams that sign them and they get in trouble like this, it's awful. But like we said, John Wall got bought out by Houston and is now on the Clippers looking to contend for a championship next season. I think they should be top three favorites in the in the West for sure, maybe the entire NBA. Another guard that's a little older now, CP3. Chris Ball, one of my favorite point guards of all time. Probably top three. Still one of the top point guards in the NBA today, even at his advanced age. CP is one of the few exceptions where he's playing into his mid-30s, right? Producing at an all-star level. Once he was sent to OKC making $36 million, he was deemed as one of the worst contracts in the NBA. That was the headline. That was the story surrounding him. But once he made that on-BA team and was traded to the Suns, where they subsequently reached the NBA Finals, he was rewarded with a four-year, $120 million contract. So, let's, let's take this in consideration. Dude is old, right? And you, you saw the way that he slowed down this past playoffs. There is no major injury like usual. Because usually that's his excuse in the playoffs. Oh, he got hurt. They didn't make it far. Of course, that beat down by Dallas. Nobody could have expected that. Nobody could have imagined that, especially with the year that Phoenix had as a whole. Regardless, him making over $90 million over the next three years leading up to his age 39 season? Ouch. Can you really expect Chris Paul to be giving you that type of production on a night-to-night basis for the next three-plus years? I can't. Especially with the injury history and teams at the playoffs, unless they just start load managing the heck out of him, making him play like don't play back to backs, have him play like 60, 65 games a season, and once they get to like March, might not even play him for the rest of the time to the postseason. You think that you have to consider now at his advanced age, what's he gonna bring to the table for? What, is he going to play 30 minutes a game? Starting point guard and just come in beginning of the game. Not not too many minutes in the second quarter. Third and fourth. At that amount of money, man, three years over the next. Sorry, 90 million over the next three years. That's rough. It's not as bad as the other guys. But going up to age 39, that's just, that's just tough for me. Tough pill to swallow. 
Russell Westbrook, another guy. One more year left on the contract, age 34, making $47 million. Now, if you look back before this Lakers season, before the Lakers season, let me just pull this up real quick. <clears throat> before the Lakers season, when he was on Washington, where he had that slow start after the All-Star break, he was on fire. Mr. Triple Double, as we knew and love him, age 32, making $41 million. I, I could buy that. Russ was, at, at the second half of the All-Star break, he was Russ. He was doing his thing. And Mr. Triple Double, getting all the stats, he was worth it. Now, last season, completely different animal. He was horrific. Let's, let's be blunt. I'm not going to sit here and slander Westbrook for five minutes like the rest of the internet has. But he just wasn't good. I think $44 million. This is finally year on his contract. He's making $47 million at age 34. Once he's 35, he'll be an unrestricted free agent. This is his last big contract. <clears throat> the last big contract for Russell Westbrook, without a doubt. $47 million for a guy who can't shoot it anymore. Athleticism has declined. There's not much of a market for him anymore. I'm sure next once once free agency comes around, he'll be able to get a. I, w- I don't want to say a veteran minimum. That's too low. Even for Russell Westbrook, he'll be able to go to a contender, be a good six man, locker room guy, the whole nine. He'll he'll find his role in the NBA. But man, if he signed this contract at at that age 32 season, and it was five years going to age 37, that would be terrible. That's for the production that he's giving. But at the same time, you got to realize $47 million for anyone that isn't a top 10 player. Top 15 max, but really top 10 player is honestly ridiculous. Again, teams are forced into it. Back when he signed this initially, 2018-2019, well, MVP Ross. That, that's what we knew. Uh, he was, what, I think a year removed from his MVP season? Or I might have signed this right before his MVP season. Or right after, excuse me, his MVP season. Five-year ascension, $210 million, just about. And then he, he played good in Houston. Washington second half played good. Lakers season, awful. These are the things that happen with guards, man. They might play good for one or two more years, but after that, it's downhill from there. Take it back a little bit to the 2000s, right right before 2010s. Gilbert Arenas. He's a guy that was known as a scorer, a scoring guard. Was never one of the top. And he was one of the, he was top 20, 25 guys at his peak. A great scorer. First contract though. And I'll, I'll get into this. Six years, 111 million. Uh, I got some advanced stats just to prove where I'm coming from with this. The average win shares were 0.5. I'll repeat that. Average win shares were 0.5. Now, this was the last, what, four or five years? I know the last two years he didn't even end up playing. But coming off a tournament meniscus. 
the Wizards, look what we see again, the Wizards paying Guy off an injury again. The Wizards still decided to pay him the max amount. And then from that season on, he never played more than 41 games in the season for his career. Some of that had to do with injuries for sure. Some of that had to do with off-court stuff with the gun situation in the locker room. Let's just be blunt here. He was suspended for 50 games. Now, that the, the team couldn't have imagined when they signed that contract sent with him. And even when he was on the court, right, his performance paled in comparison to the all-star seasons that warranted that massive contract at the time. <laughs> kind of crazy now. We're talking about $60 million a year. And back then, people were getting six years of $111 million. See how far the league has come, man. It's great. But Arena averaged 13 points under 40% shooting for the last four years of his playing career. This precipitous, precipitous drop-offs. I can speak, guys. I can speak English. Precipitous drop-off that happens in later years of these guards' careers. Another guy, Baron Davis. Similar skill set to Gilbert Arenas. Um, similar in the sense that he signed a contract extension at around age 30. That same slow decline. He went from 22 points a night to 15 points a night. And after that, he was never quite the same athlete. Reported that he was out of shape. And although the contract was five years, $65 million, definitely not the worst contract we've seen. Those latter years for $13 million, that was rough, especially during that time in the NBA. Final guy that I have. There's probably way more examples that I could list, but the final guy I got, a New York Nick, Allen Houston. This is another case of injuries along with old A's making large contract extensions look awful in hindsight. He got six years, $100 million. And during 2001, one, that was a lot of money. <laughs> but two, when he signed that contract, it, it, it was warranted, right? Coming off his second straight all-star season, averaging, or excuse me, not averaging, but following two seasons, right, he upped his soaring average 20 points and 22 respectively. But then once those injuries started piling up, money started to look real scary. By age 37, Allen Houston ended up retiring, and the Knicks basically gave up all that money, not for nothing, but well, now those last few years, he, he was a shell of himself. The moral of the story is that teams will lock up their star players with long and exorbitant contract numbers because, well, in the NBA, it's the, it's the only thing to do. If the team you're on won't do it, another team will. They will pay you. And that's what these front officers guys are scared of. Some teams are really lucky, like Houston, who bought out John Wall, or even then getting rid of Westbrook before that. But others aren't. And as these cap figures start getting to the 50s and even 60 millions, Soon that ability to get out of these terrible contracts will be gone. And quite frankly, that's something that I'm sure these executives are terrified of. Especially with this player empowerment movement. Guys wanting to be traded out of situations. Small market teams especially. Once you have a guy that's fed up. Homegrown product. Man, let me some scary times. But at the same time, with all this cap inflation going up. Guys will be traded for the huge, mo the biggest trade packages imaginable. Talking about what four or five players, six players, gonna have to match that salary somehow. Picks, a bunch of different stuff. 
it, it's it's really crazy how, of course, guys got to get their money. All about that. But the money that the guys are getting, especially at these later stages in their careers, man, it's tough. And one more thing, the Supermax. Supermax should be re reserved. Let me let me get this straight. The Supermax should only be reserved for top 10 guys in the NBA. I will repeat that. The Supermax should only be reserved for the top 10 players in the NBA. It's as simple as that. You can't be a top 25 guy getting $50 million a year. Like, I understand for these small market contracts, you got to value your guy. But some guys just aren't worth it, man. If you're a guy that's averaging 23 points, you're uh, you're a fringe all-star one season, but you're the best player on the team, That you're not warranted a Supermax. You're not. In my eyes, Supermax should be given to the creme de la creme, the face of the league, the, the Giannis's, the Luka Doncic's, John Morant, Jason Tatum, like I mentioned before, Zion, he'll get one. Trey Young, I, I think, is warranted of it. There's certain guys that you have to be a top 10 guy in the NBA to get that. And quite frankly, some guys that will probably end up getting it at some point in their career. That's what the way the, the, the CBA is working contracts and all that thing these guys will get it and a few years down the line from then it'll be like oh shoot i'm trying to get out of the situation but my cap my cap hit is so huge it's almost impossible to be traded thank you guys so much for taking time to listen to this episode of the from downtown podcast make sure you share with your friends family all that good stuff rate it five stars you guys know the drill by now um, quick side note, I mentioned Damian Lillard's injury. I said his hip is actually his abs, so it was an ab injury that sidelined him. Just want to correct myself real quick before we sign off for today. And I hope you guys enjoyed the mic quality. I recently purchased a new mic. Hopefully it sounds pretty good. Uh, it, it should sound pretty good. It costs a, a pretty penny. But thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll be back here next week for the next episode thank you guys so much for tuning in have a good one bye Thank you.